<laughs> Back on the podcast. We've been gone for a little bit, but we were busy. Yeah, we've been very busy. We'll get to that at the end of the podcast. We're going to start right at the gate, because the reason we're doing this one right now is because Temba and I were having a pretty great conversation. I was like, we should share this with people and talk more openly about our feelings on the matter. So we are talking today about voting dun, dun, dun. and conscientious abstention. Which is something that we practice. Um, so Temba and I, we were lucky when we met each other. <laughs> <laughs> that in addition to being extremely attracted to each other and falling in love with each other at the same time, we also share a lot of the same political beliefs and uh, the way we engage in the world and in politics and all that is pretty similar, I found, which is rare for me to encounter. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I've, I've met a couple people, maybe not not romantic partners, but just a couple people through life that kind of have a similar thing, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not super common. Um, I remember when we were first, <clears throat> sorry, when we first met, I was super surprised. We had both uh, kind of cast, I guess you'd call them protest votes in previous elections. Yeah, I think... I actually, yeah, I've only voted in, I think, maybe like two or three. I've only voted twice. And I actually didn't vote. It was an absentee ballot at my parents' house. Sent to my parents' house because I choose not to register as a voter. I don't really care to have the government know where I live. Um, they probably could figure it out pretty easily at this if point. If they want to, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just don't want to register or really be any more affiliated with the government as it stands than I have to be by just having a job or whatever and having those taxes extracted from my wages. Anyhow, um, <laughs> we both made the same political protest vote over the course of two elections, which I was like, that's very interesting. I don't know many people who um, choose to engage or like protest engage in politics in that way. Um, and then the last election cycle, which would have been 2016, we both abstained from. Yes. Um, I think we were traveling at the time. We were, but I mean, we, it's just no uh, no candidates that are aligned with our views. Um, so this, the reason I guess we started talking about this is because this election cycle, it seems like it's been especially pervasive, this almost bullying and an abu- like an abusive tone that people have towards like, go vote, get out the vote. Yeah. If you don't vote, you're a piece of shit, but, but, but. I mean, it's always pretty like aggressive. Yeah. I feel like this midterm thing is like extra so because yeah, so many people are like, hey, Trump's an asshole. We gotta get him out, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, um. Which is a whole other issue. Yeah. Like, like we were just talking uh, this conversation that sparked us wanting to get on the podcast is like the way that that election went has in a huge way lifted the veil for people, whether they see it as that or not, lifted the veil of what has always been going on in yeah. American politics, who have always been calling the shots, the the values that have always been there or yeah. lack of values I, that have always been there. I think the biggest thing that people need to be aware of and a bunch of articles written about it. I think it came out maybe like three or four years ago. I think Harvard and Yale, or yeah, two big Ivy League schools, I might be getting them wrong, but came out with a report that we don't actually live in a democracy, we live in an oligarchy. And I think 
for a lot of people, that is a real basic building block you have to understand when you think about American politics. From the very beginning, we have never been a democracy. There, like We've always been an, an oligarchy. Um, this country was founded by the rich and powerful who no longer wanted to be under the thumb of the British, and they incited the common people into a war with the British. And like all wars, that's how it goes. It's like people that stand to make the most money or benefit the most get the poor masses, quote-unquote poor masses, underneath them into fighting a war for other people that they don't actually benefit from. It almost sounds like, it's like almost like the push to vote this year is like some like a less militaristic version of that or something Mm. it's like here we'll get them to all feel that they've had some hand in this when really our vote doesn't determine who's in power no it not at all like voting for like local elections or certain propositions and stuff like that yes but for our elected officials it, it if you look at the system of politics it doesn't matter who is in those positions of powers. Yes, there's small things, and the way they play to different crowds is different, but it's exactly that. If you look at, like, like presidential records, uh, what they actually did while they were in office, there's almost they're almost identical Whether if you want to look at it as this two-party mm-hmm. system. And, it, and if you're a career politician, you're indoctrinated in the system. Um, indoctrinated to work with and it's very like very intricately understand the workings of it and figure yeah. out how to work within it to get whatever your agenda is yeah it, it people who have tried to get in from different angles have immediately been banned look at like ross perot like we were i think we were like kids maybe we were like born 92. when he came no no we were was it yeah, like, I remember that it was like 92 or 94 or something like that. Like they tried to bar him from being in uh, political debates and dude's a billionaire. He straight up bought airtime and broke down how the fucking Federal Reserve works and how it works against people. And uh, laws were changed to make it so you cannot just buy airtime like that. You cannot get into a presidential debate unless you were invited to. And there's a corporation that runs uh, presidential debates like a private corporation runs presidential debates it's not a publicly held thing it's not the government like like you're not getting in there unless you're playing ball um playing within the system playing within the the overall whatever the bigger agenda is which i don't know what do you think that agenda is in big government in big government it's like we said it's an oligarchy so if you look at who is has the most money who has the most to gain by by having us in continuous wars by uh giving government contracts to these big things these are very large corporations that have a vested interest in controlling uh corporations like Lockheed Martin I mean I think the I think they're part of a, there's bigger there those are uh, there's a bigger umbrella for uh, those, uh-huh. but yeah, like the the aerospace or uh, the industrialized military complex, like mm-hmm. all these big weapons manufacturers, mm-hmm. they all have a lot of money and a very vested interest in having politicians um, in places of power that will continue having us in war. So let's talk about this. When people are like, um, so. 
when people are like, you know, you should vote because at least it's, it's something you can do. Um, I personally, I personally think that even, even if I were to vote in like the local elections, which I think is great. And I think I was just saying this the other day and like, correct me if you think this is like kind of a harebrained idea, but I think I would love to be able to like vote on propositions like from my phone in some like secure way and just be like as these things happen yeah i should have a vote and a say in like what goes on in my neighborhood in my local community right mm-hmm. small government like things like that i do not want to register i still do not want to register to vote just to, to have the that small impact i don't want to be a part of the bigger system i don't want to align myself with that bigger system beyond like i said what i already have to do mm-hmm. and my main reason i guess is knowing that that system like directly upholds white supremacism bigotry sexism and all of the isms that it was built on that the government was literally built on Mm -hmm. um i do not want to um voluntarily participate in that system a lot of this comes from this um post that uh educator and activist or does she call us they do they call themselves activists i don't know maybe just educators um i heart erica and ebony uh are a pair that uh teach and i was so happy to see them talking about this sort of like gaslighting of non-voters that's been super super prevalent in this election cycle this like pressure that you just have to vote no matter what message that's out there instead of looking at the reasons why people aren't voting why voter turnout is so bad and why people choose to abstain yeah there's a large variety of reasons for that yeah but yeah it's interesting that yeah this weird sheepish group mentality over Mm -hmm. that and there's a lot of valid reasons why people would not want to Mm -hmm. i mean besides like what we're saying of not wanting to participate in the system like this like voting is putting energy is upholding is is reinforcing uh like our system of government our system of domination control patriarchy whatever the fuck you want to call it it's all the same thing Mm -hmm. um and it and i don't think that you change that shit from the inside like we've been doing it for however many hundred years of years now and have we seen any any big change there hasn't been there's been we've gotten some small things here and there but uh well small there have been there uh, there has been like slow progress things like uh gay rights true things like that that have changed and like i i in a way i'm not trying to say that's what i mean by small things but i mean but did that happen because of voting or did that happen because of like individual people with a like whose lives were threatened putting their lives on the line to change it in other ways by literally protesting by throwing bricks by whatever you know Mm -hmm. what really changed it like you know did did gaining the right for gay marriage make the world safer for gay people or did it just find a new way to extract more taxes from another subset of people yeah i I mean it it could i think you could argue a new uh a lot of different yeah Yeah, you could argue a lot of different ways i mean it's just like with the legalization of marijuana or any drug like 
you're leaving (laughs) you're leaving you're leaving money on the table by not having that like taxed Mm -hmm. and i mean the only reason those things are illegal is because pharmaceutical companies can't uh can't monopolize them Mm -hmm. as easily Mm -hmm. um and they directly compete with products that they already make. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a handy way to put people, uh, brown and black people especially, in private prisons. Prisons, yeah. I mean, a couple <laughs> a couple of handy. years ago, I forget I forget who it was on their deathbed. I want to say it was like, it was someone under Nixon, maybe the director of the CIA or yeah. his assistant or something like that. On his deathbed, said the only re- the we made drug uh, war on drugs. War on drugs mm-hmm. is uh, it, w- it was directly created to shut down uh, activists, black activists, and the hippie movement. Because then you can... Like pretty you can, much a fact. It's a well-known You fact. can criminalize those people right. and look at who's in jail for non-violent drug offenses. It's all brown people. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, now white people are all getting their little and prof- medical yeah, they're cards all and they're profiting, profiting off of fucking... And everybody's like a cannabis... Has like a cannabis whatever line. Yeah. Da-da-da-da-da. I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of with... Almost all, like, social change in this country is, like, off of the backs of fucking brown people. Mm-hmm. And then when that change happens, everyone forgets about that. Mm-hmm. Um. So I thought that this, like, Ebony and Erica's argument was really interesting because it's one that I don't see people feel... Uh, I, I feel that people, a lot of people probably share this opinion, and yeah. I don't feel many people support it, and go figure it's, you know, two black people who are willing to put themselves out there, like always, to say something super unpopular, you know? Yeah. And props to them for fucking saying something really unpopular, you know? That's the kind of, like, saying that you don't vote can be met with extreme violence. Like, people are mad when you don't yeah, vote. Yeah, people get is, very up in arms about that Which shit. is just wild to me. It's like, it just as much as it's your vote, your choice to your vote. Your right to vote. It's and... your right, it's your choice to vote. I mean, they say it's a civic duty, right? They say this is your civic duty as a citizen. I say it's, I say that it's completely fine to abstain from that duty. That is not, yeah. a, you know, no one is going to come, uh, put me in jail for not voting. You know, it's not, an, it's not legally my duty. To vote, it is a civic duty. You're supposed to do it, like going to jury duty or whatever. Fuck I've that. never done. I'm sure I've been. I'm sure I've been called to jury duty. I've been summoned three times, but oh, yeah. no, I'm not going. <laughs> See, because you're most likely going to have to sit. And I mean, the justice system is also something I would really prefer not to be involved in. Yeah, because it's deeply fucked, deeply racist. It's uh, yeah. So um, I'm so grateful to them for saying that after seeing that I felt like they were able to articulate so well and and to such a like in such a more like I guess succinct and broad way why using this gaslighting pressuring like semi-violent definitely like microaggressive way of like telling people you have to vote or else vote or die or whatever, like, why that only ends up reinforcing that system of domination. Mm-hmm. And Erica put out a great, like, tweet thread this morning about why that is, like, a non-consent act, like, as a sex educator, thinking of it in terms of, like, when you're doing that, when you're gaslighting someone, when you're pressuring them or coercing them, that's not consent. And why would you want votes that are coming from, like, our basically rapey perspective? Yeah. Like, how is that going to change a government that is based on, like, a coercive, rapey, pillaging, dominator perspective? 
And that's the master's houses with the master's tools mentality, you know? Yeah. Like we were talking about, too. It's like, what do we do? Do we extract ourselves from the system the best that we can, go live off the grid, get back to the land like so many people have tried before? Do we take up arms? Do we start a revolution, put our lives on the line? And like you were saying, no, that's that's that master's tools mentality. Yeah, I just... I mean, as attractive, and I mean, maybe that's social programming, that as romantic as having some sort of revolution sounds, I don't really think in the long term that really solves anything. Like, we need to get away from this idea that um, change comes through force, like violence. I think, yes, in in the short term, term it does, but violence only perpetuates more violence and it's just a cycle of creating more hate and more hate and we've done that humans have been doing that for thousands of years and that just continues that type of a cycle i think i don't i don't think that is going to really it's going to change things in a surface level but i don't think that's going to change the underlying system um and it's that underlying system of how things are approached and how things are done that needs to change if we want to see any real change in how we relate to one another, how we relate to other countries, how we relate to people who are different from us. Mm-hmm. And it, it can't come from this, It's this is my way and you're going to do it my way because my way is better. Mm-hmm. Like it has to come from active cooperation mm-hmm. and seeing each other as humans and as people and... Uh, being able to listen to those differences and understand that someone comes from another place than you and they might have a different perspective. And whether you think that perspective is correct or the best way, you need to be able to understand that person. No matter how... I mean, there's going to be some ridiculous-ass shit. I'm not saying that you have to agree with all of the things, mm-hmm. but you have to see that you have to see other people as people. Mm-hmm. And... It takes a fundamental shift in yourself to yeah. even get to a place where you're where you're going to be able to approach those things that way and not approach things from like, well, let me just keep bullying people and bullying people and bullying. It's that like very basic projection principle. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting bullied, so I'll bully someone else and then they'll bully someone. You know, it's just yeah, going to continue yeah. that cycle. I want to... So after I saw all those posts i made this like parody i voted sticker that i made look like the i voted sticker but it says i participated in this is the system of white supremacy today and i put that up on my instagram which was like i guess like i you know for me i i really don't put very many political things out there Mm -hmm. it's not how i like am there to engage i'm trying to engage like from a more ephemeral space and visual art, you know? But I put that out there and I've had some interesting conversations with people who have responded to that. And my point in creating a sticker like that is not don't vote you white supremacist. That's not the point of the sticker, which I noticed white, not not even white people, no, the people who came and talked to me about it in my DMs, like seemed, that seemed to be like the first thing they thought. Mm. Do you think there's a reason that that's like what people's first reaction would be? Yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, the whole, you know, I'm always ragging on fucking SJW shit, social justice warrior stuff, if you don't know what that acronym is. But I think there's... I don't think... I think think that movement, whatever you want to call it, came from 
a place of actually wanting to affect some sort of good change, but it's become, it's another, like, hierarchical uh, system where people are, like, scrambling over each other to prove how woke or socially justice-aware they are, and, and, and in that system, like, any chink in anyone's armor, they're, like, canceling you, taking Mm -hmm. you down, like, Mm -hmm. oh, this person said this thing, they're not woke, Mm -hmm. they're not for the movement, and... Mm -hmm. And then, well, and it's not a popular opinion to, to ex- simply examine and challenge the convention of voting. Yeah, it's an it, like the whole SJW thing is an ideology, right. and um, I think people see they see white supremacy in that sticker, and they're immediately, like, oh, I'm not a white supremacist. That's and that's why I put it out there. Yeah, I put it out there not to, not to accuse people of voting of being white supremacists because there are a lot of people of color who vote, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to say that they're white supremacists. There are a lot of white people who vote who I'm not going to say are white, white supremacists. But the, the system. P- the point yeah. that I was trying to make that I just, like, I can tell people get, like, immediately Friend. fragile. Knee-jerk, yeah. It's it's a, it's white fragility or just, like, SJW it's, fragility. It's woke fragility. It's, there, that's a great term. <laughs> <laughs> woke fragility. Because That's, it's it's a it's a glass house. It's like this crazy thing where there's no nuance. There's no mm-hmm. there's there's like it's very black and white. Mm-hmm. There's no. You're a Democrat or you're a Republican. You you're vote with us or, or you're, you're an asshole. Us. Yeah, it's no, vote or die. It's, it's wild. there's like that's not what life is. Life is a gray area, mm-hmm. and and yeah, this this perpetuation of this black and white thinking mm-hmm. is just this more of this binary. It's more of of uh you know keeping making people separated and it's division mm-hmm. like it's it's sim- as simple as that mm-hmm. the reason why i believe like the system of domination control is so successful is because it's had ways of keeping people divided and turning pitting people against each other mm-hmm. and you know it's like if if way back in the day, in the start of this country, if all the poor white people saw themselves in all the black slaves and they they worked together, like, this country would have been very different. Yeah. But the tool of racism mm-hmm. was used... The construct to, of race to, in itself. Yeah, to prevent that exact thing from happening. And it's grown and evolved into all the divisions that we have now whether it's political over gender over fucking whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. like and this is kind of i don't know it's kind of like i I don't know if i want to go there (laughs) (laughs) i felt like so so i actually had some really good conversations come into the dm then not just from white people being like i'm fragile what are you doing to me you know Mm -hmm. but from people of color being like hey, I hear what you're saying, but I'm voting and that's not bad. And I was like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, I am I am simply, like, saying, like, we can participate. You, you can participate in the system. Know what you're doing. Don't be deluded. Be real about what it be is. Be real. And then both of the, like, both of the people I talked to were, like, very, we, we had a true conversation and I was so grateful for that, you know? It wasn't people trying to get me to vote. And I wasn't trying to get them not to vote. That is yeah. not the point. The point is to be like, you have an absolute right to your choice. I have an absolute right to mine. Exactly. And 
this is why it's my choice is because I choose not to participate in a system of white supremacy if I have a choice, you know? And I have choices every day that I make that do participate in that system of white supremacy, mm-hmm. whether I'm aware of every single choice or not. I know that I do. I don't know that we can't. I don't know that we can't. Or I don't know that I can't as a white person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one choice that I can make where I say I'm very much not going to participate in that. I am not going to choose the lesser of two evils, which to me is so much bullshit. So much bullshit. And the weirdest thing is in these conversations, so many people go, well, I know it, I know voting's not that great. I know voting's bullshit, but at least it's something. It's like, it's not. If it's bullshit, it's nothing. Yeah. You're calling it bullshit. You know it's bullshit. You're saying it's worthless, but saying it's worth something. How does that work? <laughs> How does that work? And at the end of the day, do it if you want to. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, If you want to... Do, do it, it if you want to, but you seem to know just as well as I do that it's worthless. Yeah. You literally will say that it's worthless, but you're going to do it anyway. And I do understand, like, to some degree, I do understand. You're saying, well, I don't fucking know if this works, but I'm going to at least try because it doesn't take that much effort for me. Mm-hmm. It takes the effort of research or the effort of not researching, and I'm just, I'm going to do it because I don't... Showing up to the place. Because and... I don't know what else to do, and I do understand that. I do understand it's like, well, fuck, I don't know what else to do. Take up arms, get off the grid, or vote. I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I understand that it comes from like a place of like wanting to change this fucked up system but not knowing how. But I personally do not think that you're going to change it by continuing to perpetuate it. Yeah. Through the governmental structures that are have been in place since the begin like the very beginning, founding slave owners. Or founding fathers. <laughs> you know? Uh, so that's been interesting. Um, I can't wait for tomorrow to be over. I think, like, the... the And I've had a, hand, a handful of people been like, yes, thank you for saying this, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, because it's not, you know... There's a lot of people who are just being quiet. And like I said, for Ebony and Erica to speak out about it is fucking brave. Yes, for sure. Because you are... I, I'm pretty sure I've lost a few followers. Fuck. I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I really don't... I really don't... Like, this... This. I don't think it's going to change in my lifetime, my being a non-voter, unless there's voter reform. And if voter reform were to happen and our vote meant anything, uh, maybe I would cast a vote. But the way that the Electoral College is set up, all of that, the system itself, just for voting is broken then the government is broken on top of that yeah. you know and then yeah all the voter fraud and all suppression. that other shit yeah. suppression like all piled on top of that i don't know when i lost faith because i don't think i ever had much but i would say that the whole the whole remember the weird recount with like bush and gore oh yeah yeah i think that was probably a pretty defining moment for me where i was like oh this whole thing is fake i was a high schooler then uh, you know, wasn't yeah. that in high school? Yeah, I think, I think for me, yeah, probably around the same time in high school when just learning about the electoral post nine eleven, the electoral college period, I was like, Ooh. oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ew. literally, your vote for president does not count. They can vote for whoever they want, and these people that are on the electoral college aren't 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 necessarily. Uh, like government people either there's a lot of private interest mm-hmm. people these are just people who are 
are uh, appointed, mm-hmm. and I'm sure their appointments are, are can be linked to um, the money that they represent right. and and their vested the vested interests mm-hmm. that they are going to support with their votes. So what about this, like local elections? That I do feel guilt for not voting in local elections. Like mm-hmm. I do feel like that's something that for whatever reason I believe could make a difference on a local level. Um, what you know how do how do how do I or how do you um, justify that lack of participation? Mm. I don't know if I can. Like I'm genuinely like well, I choose not to do this, but I really wish I could do this part of it. Yeah. I wish I could vote on the props, and I wish I could vote on the local politicians. Because sometimes there are people who are at a very small level trying to make effective strides towards equality and change. Yeah. Um, that's something I don't, you know, that I'm not proud of, that I do wish there was, like, a way to participate that didn't mean, like... Uh, I guess just registering myself or aligning myself with the system in that yeah. way. And I guess that's just a symbol, you know, like even registering, it's a, sim- it's a symbolic act to me where I'm like, I don't want to, I just don't want to. I don't want to say, yes, I'm with you. I don't. Yeah. I feel like for me, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I can, I see how like local, ex- local elections definitely have like effect more change mm-hmm. in your immediate area. But to me, I feel like they are like a microcosm, mm-hmm. like, and it still supports um, the system at large, because mm-hmm. you know, like you're still working with authority, local authorities. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's still, yeah, still, we live in LA, and that still and you can still only do supports it. the LAPD, mm-hmm. and yeah. like maybe if we had some some like some bigger 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 things that were or more effective things on those ballots like yeah let's defund the fucking LAPD or demilitarize them mm-hmm. like that's something that would sounds interesting to me but I feel like a lot of I mean I'm down to fucking get rid of daylight savings yeah that was one <laughs> but... of the, there were a couple things on our California ballot that I'm like man I really want to vote on that like Prop 10 making affordable housing because it's uh gotten really bad here mm-hmm um, there's one proposition for banning um, the extreme confinement of animals, like mm. veal, like basically banning veal and like confining animals to these small cages or chickens have to have a certain square foot of like yeah. roaming area. Cows cannot be kept confined for days and days, milk cows or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm for that. I'm like, yeah, I would fucking love for the meat that I choose to eat to be healthier, like yeah. to not be miserable fucking slave animals like you know i am for that and uh there's one and yeah the daylight savings thing it's like fuck daylight savings (laughs) i mean i feel ultimately like the way our cities are set up i mean most cities they're not they're not sustainable and they're not um i just don't think that this style of living has much of a future and I mean, 
of course, I'm being hypocritical as someone who lives in LA. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I, I mean, I've only ever lived in urban areas since I, don't, I left school. I don't plan on being here forever. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think probably smaller smaller group communities are better because you know when when you're living with this many people like you start stop seeing people as people Mm -hmm. they're just like oh there's another one of those things there as opposed to like Mm -hmm. there's a car car that's in my way yeah a car in my way this person's in my way they're blocking me they Mm -hmm. they stole my parking spot they're fucking parked the wrong way sure sure you know it's it's, a huge part of the mentality of living in a city yeah, yeah and it's just it's it's too many people and I don't know but we live here really we live the... here for that same reason we yeah. live here because it's like ah oh, there's enough people that like I'm sure there are people who share my interests and my uh, more of my beliefs and I'm gonna find them if I put myself out there mm-hmm. you know my thing is like I'm, I'm just starting to notice that like I just I get so overwhelmed being around so many people all the time. It's part of the reason I left New York. It's because it's just constantly surrounded by people. It's very difficult for me at this point in my life. And, uh, yeah, I find that all I do is sit inside all the time anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, why, should, why, why am I not sitting inside somewhere where it's, like, a little more comfortable and cheap and easy to live? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not necessarily I mean, easy. If we're doing our own yeah. production and, like, food and all that, then it's not easier, but it's more to me more gratifying in a way yeah i feel like i spend or we spend a lot of our time like planning and thinking about how to extricate ourselves from Mm -hmm. the system and be more Mm self-reliant like that's that is an area that holds the most interest for me Mm -hmm. is like he learned how to polish his own opals yesterday this one (laughs) this one here making his own beer polishing his own opals (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, this just, I think, you know, being self-reliant and not supporting, like, these mass industries, whether it's the food industrial complex or, you know, the sweatshops that are making our clothes, Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, I gotta get on that part part of, like, part of, part of, like, extricating ourselves from these industries and systems that are not only bad for other humans but bad for the planet is taking that responsibility back and like learning to do shit for ourselves Mm -hmm. like there are there's there's no there's no like we we say all the time there's no like ethical consumption like the the most ethical way to do things is to do it yourself and that way you know you're not taking more resources than you actually need you don't you know take take what you're actually going to use to make the thing for yourself you're not over harvesting um and you're not extricating resources from a country somewhere else on the other side of the world where those people can't even afford Mm -hmm. to fucking buy the quinoa Mm -hmm. that they grow but so Uh, but but what about like you you choose to we could choose to do that for ourselves tomorrow if we had the money mm -hmm. to like pick up our stuff and move somewhere and have some land and start living somewhere else or something. We could do that. And that solves that for us. Yeah. Right? But what about people who don't have that privilege of getting up and going? Yeah, it's very real. Then I... I'm no martyr. Like, I'm not a martyr. I'm not a savior. I'm not here to, like, fix everybody else's problems. But I do wonder about my the privilege that allows me to even dream about that mm-hmm. to even like to for it to be a remote possibility to know it as a possibility yeah. yeah 
which is not something that everybody has. And especially right now, I I 100% recognize that the privilege of my not voting comes because some of the biggest issues that have come to light, I'm not saying that they're new issues, because I think that's a huge um, oversight of people who are like, Trump, and then Trump's bad. It's like, this shit's always been going on. Trump's just showing you what you didn't want to see before. a bit more transparent. He's showing you parts of yourself, parts of the system that you have always been compliant with and in compliance with that you didn't want to see before. Well, now you're seeing them, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But some of those issues that are now coming to light for a lot of people um, are things that don't affect me, you know? I'm not trans. I'm not... Uh, Mexican or something I'm not going to be deported you know I'm not black or brown I'm not going to be shot by a cop most likely like these are not things that affect me so I do not feel the same maybe uh what's the word uh urgency Hmm. to vote and to do anything I can you know and some of the people who DM me today have like more urgency why they think voting is at least something that they can do. Yeah. Because the things that are coming to light, they're not just coming to light. Some legislation that's being made is directly affecting their lives. Yeah. It's not directly affecting mine. And so I recognize that, you know, and I do recognize that my vote comes as a privilege, something I can do. My thinking I can extricate myself comes as a privilege that not everybody has. That's not safe or financially feasible for everybody to do, you know? We can both go and, like, work six days a week at our job tomorrow if we want to save up money and then leave. Yeah. And that's not everybody's truth. It's true. But I think also with that is you have to do recognize that there's got to be a balance there. you got to do what you can do. Mm-hmm. And maybe wor- working, like, you and I, I know, both highly prize time over free money. time yeah are having our own time and not being uh as not accruing plugged, capital yeah, and, yeah as plugged into the work system mm-hmm. as possible um i'm so happy when i work two days a week which is crazy to some people yeah we're we're like floating this this edge of of technically poor not not in poverty but poor yeah oh sorry was that what you're gonna say no sorry um I forget what I was going to say. Yeah, we're, we're flowing this edge of this balance of the things we value and hold important and what we're willing to give up to also survive since we are embedded in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fucking forgot where I was going with I'm that. I'm sorry. I you. <laughs> it's all good. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, some people don't have the reality where they can... The reality where they can work and save up work like save up the money to extricate themselves from the system Mm. to pick up and leave yeah to not be under the thumb of the government yeah you know and it's i don't know the system i mean yeah the system is so pervasive even people who do sorry even people who do live off the land like i always think of this like viral video of this kind of like trapper trader type person who was in court for fishing on his own land oh yeah (laughs) have you seen that one yeah and he's this kind of crusty old dude and he's like it's 
I should be able to not have to register to fish the fish on my own land. You know, even when you try to bring yourself that far out, this is obviously someone who like, he appears at least to be a very self-sufficient person, still has to pay taxes or pay whatever he has to pay uh, to have a fishing license or whatever. And that, and he's arguing in that, um, in that video that he should have the right to do that. And I personally am all for that. I, I think if you own the land, like, I don't even understand land taxes, like, my parents own their land, but they still have to pay, like, a pretty hefty amount every single month to own that land. Yeah, and where does that tax go? Where does that tax go? To paying military mm. contractors cool for wars missile. that don't... <laughs> cool new missile. It's awful. <laughs> so even when you extricate yourself, and I think about that, because my parents built um, their property on this romanticized Walden dream. And they are still... By living that dream, still funding the system that is in direct opposition to the ethics of that dream, mm-hmm. to the, the, the values that that dream represents, because it can only ever represent, it can never actually be. It just can't, unless the government is overturned and we are allowed to self-govern again, if we ever were. No. Were we? No. Not in this country. <laughs> Back when we were Neanderthals, I mean. <laughs> Homo erectus. But speaking of the land, we're going to go to the land tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that'll end our politic rant, (laughs) unless you think of something else. But I mean, I think think it takes like a willingness to put yourself on the chopping block a little bit to talk about being in opposition to the status quo, at least in the whatever self-proclaimed liberal circles the majority of my uh social sphere mm-hmm. is aligned with um to say nope that's not me yeah i think it just it just needs to boil down to like yeah personal choice pe- personal choice and yeah if people don't want to vote for whatever reason they have they have that fucking right Absolutely. to abstain and maybe if you talk to some of those people you might learn something like mm-hmm. about why and think about like why are you voting Mm -hmm. are you doing it just because that's what the trend is what everyone's barking in your ear Mm -hmm. about um right and that post was really about the the um, the sticker to me more than anything and people being like super stoked on their like i voted selfie yeah you get your little pat in the back it's like and you're like i did my uh civic duty i'm woke for the year Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) now i'm woke for the year because i voted and you don't know who I voted for, but you best believe they were woke choices, of course. <laughs> See? Sticker. It's that gold star mentality. Yeah. The it's... sticker is the gold star. It's a self-appointed gold star. Me good, me woke. <laughs> so, I just don't. I don't get it. But that isn't to say, don't vote. If you want to vote, do it. vote. I just don't need to, like, I, I don't, I... I like, I'm going to like, like, the people who came and talked to me, I like those people no matter what. Like, and I like that they're going to come talk to me in, like, a respectful manner about it. And I like that they're not going to disrespect me. I'm not going to disrespect them. Because we each have a right to our personal choice. And that is the real point. Yes. That is the real point of living in this country, right? Personal freedom. Supposedly. Supposedly. Right. We (laughs) have that right to exercise that in our interpersonal relationships. The government, I would say, is one of the biggest obstacles to exercising that right. Yeah. It's not the it's not the gateway to exercising that right. It's the biggest obstacle. Yeah, so many people have given their power over to Yeah, this 
omnipotent figurehead that's gonna nerf the word world for us and tell us what's okay and what's not but i cannot we do not need that <laughs> like, <laughs> oh but it is complicated yeah i mean there's certain things like human rights that should be yes and it's it's just it's baffling that there's you know that we even have to like fight for rights for anybody it should be you're human you ha you're you're entitled to be alive mm -hmm. have universal health care like mm -hmm. some basic ass shit affordable housing like, yeah should be you that. can get married if you choose to do that like <laughs> your your other the other things that may be a part of who you are should not have any bearing mm -hmm. on that mm -hmm. yeah i think the white supremacy sticker freaks people out <laughs> guess what I mean, it's good maybe maybe they'll think but yeah maybe i will or maybe they'll just don't follow me. You know what? Go right <laughs> So we're going to go up north tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to Minnesota. Tempa's never been to my um, parents' land where I grew up, which is in northern Minnesota, about an hour south of the Canadian border. And uh, I'm super excited to show you, and you're excited. And we plan on spending, um, we're hoping to spend the majority of our time trying to hunt a deer. That's kind of our, like... It's our, like, big goal. It's our big goal. We'll see how it works out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it should be pretty cold there. My parents have um, land that my dad bought when he was 19. And uh, they've he has lived there since he was 19, I guess. And they've built their own house on the land, um, the two of them. <laughs> alone <laughs> with the help of some friends when it came time to put the roof on some hardcore shit it's a wood wood burning wood wood heated house um on 160 acres they've built a yurt out there which they like now airbnb and it's in the future going to be part of an artist residency then there's this little house that my dad built when he was 14 that's out on the land. That's a also, cabin. It's a little, I guess you'd call it, the kids call it a tiny house these days. <laughs> but back then it was just Pa's shack. And uh, and then they bought another tiny house. And, and yeah, there's some crazy projects that my parents are doing out there. And I'm excited to show Temba the land that I grew up on. I can't wait. <laughs> and some of the, yeah, I don't know. Some of the architecture that's out there is interesting. And, uh, yeah, I feel like, like, my dad is very into that romantic ideal of doing it yourself and doing as much as you can for yourself. And he has bees, and he's had chickens, and we had pigs, and a horse, and big old garden, and stuff like that. And I think it, it's, yeah, it's something I didn't understand so well growing up, but I'm so kind of excited to show you and share that with you now because it's close closer to I think what you and I want to create together yeah. as well you know um I don't know if I want to be quite so remote <laughs> as you'll see my parents land is um because it's like a 30 minute drive to the nearest town but you also you grew up in Humboldt I've lived some pretty far out there places yeah um. we're, we're Temba Lived. I mean, Humboldt, Humboldt wasn't even the farthest where no. we lived in New Mexico. Oh, I mean, yeah. straight line wasn't that far from the closest city, but you, we were way up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Like, I lived in southeastern New Mexico. I think it was like 
three-hour drive to get into town to like go grocery shopping and shit like that it was like mm-hmm. way up in the mountains so you have to drive down this crazy road to get down into the um desert plain for uh what was the town alamogordo alamogordo <laughs> and uh so yeah i've i've lived in some some interesting remote places also up in the mountains and would you want Humboldt. would you want to live that remotely again um, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I I think ideally, like, in my my dream scenario would kind of be like, kind of be like a shared compound thing with like close friends or family or something like that, where we are living like you know in community Next with each, to other. each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not right on top of each other, but maybe we have some like, like shared stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like a barn or whatever, and tool sharing and all of that. Sure. So. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the coolest things uh, here in L.A. when I first moved here was meeting with the Triforce group, like we've talked about. Yeah. And I like that they have, like, it's a series of houses that are in L.A. And it's people who are kind of more like anarchist, nihilist, uh, political mindsets. But there's a lot of, like, group sharing. Yeah, they're all co-op houses. Skill and... sharing. Not perfect people. <laughs> it's like... There's, who is perfect? There, it's not perfect. Anytime you're in a community, there's always going to be conflict, you know? But it's been cool to see the kind of community that can exist in an urban space that still is built on those kind of like hippie, not not even hippie, but just like communal, more like yeah. communist communal um, principles. Uh, I feel like something like that is, yeah, definitely think, attractive to me. Yeah, we're working for each other and for the common good of all and like, yeah. But without any of that like woo we're all gonna be happy all the time peace love and whatever like i I really really value realism and realists there's going to be conflict that's just yeah you know and i think i think being realistic about that and learning to work through that in a non-violent way and you know in in a way that support where everyone can feel supported and heard Mm -hmm. is is actual love is is key and i think i think that is what i don't know to me saying like the you know saying like peace and love like that's what that means to me mm-hmm. and i think i think with the whole like i don't know like viber kind of thing has been co-opted to this we're always happy we're always well, it's a super, you know. it's a superficial, it's a performative, Perform- yeah, performative exactly. love. It's like, instead of, instead of doing the hard work that creates real love, yes. which is when you are honest, when you allow conflict to happen, when you are willing to be truthful and when you're willing to learn from each other, that's Growing where, with lo- each other. where, yeah. that's where that's... you grow, that's where love thrives, not everything's love, 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 we're all love, it's love. Everything's great. <laughs> that is a very, very superficial way of deflecting yeah and just the actions that and... lead to love you know and i because because love is and love itself is an action you know it is an action a verb and to love does not does not just mean be love you know i think it means actively working on understanding each other mm-hmm. you know and so yeah i love i love the idea of like a a magical realist coming. <laughs> like, and you have the magic of the the natural world and working together and all of that, but, like, the reality that, like, in human relationship there is conflict, and that's what promotes growth, you know? Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be fun to see my parents land. Um, it's something that, you know, when they croak, they've left, I think, each croak. of them. Croak? Yeah, yeah, they're going to die. My mom likes Everyone's going to die. Every, I just, every year my mom reminds me about when she's going to die. It's just a funny expression, <laughs> like, what croaks? Frogs croak? Yeah. That, that's when the they noise croak. they make, right? No, it's a death rattle. <laughs> it's your death rattle. That's what croaking yeah. is. And you're dead. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so someday a third of that land will be ours to steward. And I can't wait to show you. And, and I'm excited about it because also hanging out there with Cal, like we'll be doing that together, you know? Yeah. And all of us will be doing that together. And this sort of like future of this family, both chosen and biological, um, stewarding the land together is like a very exciting prospect for my future. Something I'm, I'm really excited to share with you, you know? Oh, me yeah. too. I mean, we got, we got land in America. It's a dying art. <laughs> and an increasingly expensive one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the taxes on the land are not cheap. That's the thing. Is you think, oh, I have land, and that's that. It's like owning a no. house. <laughs> like, I don't pay rent anymore. Oops, all my pipes burst, you know? It's, very, it's expensive, actually, to own things. Terrible idea to own anything. Actually. Who came up with that shit? <laughs> Some capitalist. <laughs> but we can steward the land at least and like try to preserve it the best we can, you know? Yeah. Um, the wild places. Also, we've been gone for a little while because we had a fucking busy two we had months. Very busy, couple, yeah, a couple months. Like Genevieve had her solo show she was working mm-hmm. super hard on. Well, I just, more than anything, I just like procrastinated until. <laughs> A month before my show, and I was like, "Oh." I wouldn't say procrastinate though. I was you were working. you were doing a lot of mental yeah, work yeah. on it, and like a lot of my work. The yeah, yeah. I was just conceptualizing everything. Yeah, of course. The past year has been nothing but research for creating this show and and the photographs and the sessions mm-hmm. we did and everything. I mean, yeah, we've been yeah we've been working on on yeah you've putting doing the pieces the press together stuff yeah. for a while now for a year almost a year yeah more than a year. Um, yeah, that was intense. I don't want to talk about it that much. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't bring it up if you don't want to it, talk about it. But it was amazing. I loved it. And it'll and be so... up It'll be up for like another three months now. And yeah, if you're in LA. Go see it at Garden Gallery. Go see it at Garden um, Gallery. It's, it's open it's on Sundays. Sundays 11 to 2. You can look up my Instagram, Gorgeous Taps, for all those details. Um, yeah, I would say the the solo show. It's a been like you said. It's really good to challenge yourself, and I appreciate you saying that because that's a good reminder when I'm feeling way too challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a challenge for me. I don't love making objects. That's why I love our partnership. Is because you <laughs> you enjoy making objects. I do not. I enjoy staring at the wall and bringing ideas into existence you know that's that is my skill set you know my skill set is to imagine and dream and then figure out a way to bring that dream into the world but yeah I didn't love I didn't love the process and that's okay like you said it's good you did it though (laughs) and I did do it I had no doubt that I would do it I have no no doubts that I'm able to do whatever I want Mm -hmm. to you know whatever I set my mind to. I just don't necessarily like it. And that's that. On that. <laughs> no more. But um, we did some other cool things that are also of note for sacred sadism. Oh, yeah. What did we do? We... Performed at a party. Oh, yeah. Like, we performed at a kink rave. 
Um, we collaborated on a, a set of latex garments with the latex maker. Yeah, with Busted Brand. With busted Brand. And we wore those outfits uh, to this fetish-themed rave, I'm going to call it. Yeah. Fetish-themed rave. And it was like a, a sacred sadism eco-fetishist scene where we buried our friend in some dirt and peed on her and then... You grew her up from the soil. It's so funny. It's funny to pee on people. Oh. Um, it was a really interesting scene. I think we performed it really well. Yeah. And uh, people were crying at the rave, which was I did pretty, not expect that. It was really interesting. It was very interesting and to feel people's reactions. Yeah, it was very. I don't know. It's very touching for me personally to like. Yeah, hear people's reactions and like that's so beautiful. Like. Uh, a lot of people were saying we were um, highlighting the caring and nurturing aspects so, of kink yeah. that they don't usually see. And for those who are uh, in the lifestyle or have like have uh, kink as part of their like actual life, they were really really grateful to see that part of kink represented. Yeah, that's not something that's put out in the. Uh mainstream media yeah, depiction yeah. of kink it's always yeah this kind of mean dominatrix yeah sniveling ab- ab- businessman abusive <laughs> abusive dude who yeah. tricks some poor young girl sure. into being his whipping post which happens a lot as yeah, well it's a thing too but yeah. it's not like uh that's it's not really the heart of i felt really practice BDSM. right and i think that's the really a huge part of what we're bringing to the world with this project and what has touched people so much is to recognize something they always knew about BDSM in a sense like we're, I don't think we're bringing anything new to them people it's allowing people to recognize something they always suspected or knew or wanted to know about BDSM mm-hmm. is where's the love you know and we're just trying to show where the love can can exist in this alternate retelling of the, this power exchange or whatever yeah you know? So that was really heartening and made me feel really great. Like, oh, the work we're doing is in line with what we're going for, you know? Yeah. It was a really nice development to make people cry at the rave. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And then um, the next week was my show. Didn't we do something? Didn't we have, like, oh, man, I just feel like we've been doing a lot. We have. <laughs> we had our first um, vacuum bed session. Yeah, our first paying vacuum bed session pro-dom session together yeah, our first pro-dom session and that went really well mm-hmm. um, and we have a couple more lined up in the next month and yeah i think that was um really awesome for us because we've obviously done that process together so much uh for like zoe and for the vac bed photo pictures that i took the photo yeah. pictures the pictures I- that i took so it'll be nice. It's been so it's sort of nice to do it as like a pro dom. I don't remember what we were saying a minute ago. <laughs> uh, I was saying. I was saying we've done the pressings a bunch together, doing like photos for the show. But this was um, great to translate into something that was a little more like, uh, like a session style. Yeah, more. Uh, I guess yeah, in line with like a kink scene Mm -hmm. yeah we do it almost it's very similar in the sense that it's meditative kind Mm -hmm. of spa like we take pictures we take pictures it's actually it's not really that different 
Yeah. Well, there's way more of the sensation part. I think that's mm-hmm. the major difference is this right. a whole sensation element where the participant gets to experience like what touch is like in the back bed and if they want that option if they want that option and i I think and they're also in the actual back bed for a lot longer than we would do for just just the photos yeah Yeah, because for the photos it's more pragmatic let's get these images it's for that reason yeah um but it's been really nice to do the back bed specifically for the sensation of becoming the pressed floral arrangement and then the sensation of being bound in the back bed yeah so that's really cool we're excited to do more of those and then i did um at my opening we also did one of those which was interesting for me as well yeah (laughs) because like my big fear uh i'd never done a back bed performance uh publicly before besides what we did on zoe's show right yeah so doing it live like my biggest fear was like oh my god and then everyone's gonna be really quiet which they did and i was like oh should i have some music like what should we do and in the end i had it quiet um, like there is the music playing from like the gallery opening, but it wasn't very loud. And I was like, fuck, it's so serious. <laughs> but afterwards people came up and were like, that was beautiful and great. And I was so worried about it being quiet, but no one else seemed to have that yeah. problem but me. <laughs> I think that's just kind of like the, uh, a product of doing it in a gallery space. People you know, were people, like, oh, people, yeah, they're like, there's a performance happening. We're going to be respectful. And Whereas when we did the club, the scene at the club, people were chatting the whole time. You yeah. could, like, overhear people talking about it. And I like that. Like, yeah. that's what I want to... That's, like, more in the atmosphere that I like, I guess. I like an atmosphere of, like, rather than hushed reverence, more, like, yeah. engaged presence. Well, that's, like, club versus gallery. Yeah. Yeah, no, true. But, I mean, it was a backyard. It wasn't a gallery. Yeah. Again, it was just, like... But still, like, people are coming the gallery with mentality. the intent that they're yeah. going to an art show yeah. and... You know, the most le- more than likely, like those are people that go to things that are more traditional gallery space. Right. You know, so it's. I don't know. It was good though. It, it was, was good. good. It's been a month. It's been a month, and then we just released um, a new Back to the Tools yesterday, which Tim has been working so hard on. Oh yeah. You did though. <laughs> I mean, that's so much work. He's just been cranking out these gorgeous tools plus the spanking bench collaboration plus for your show. the spanking bench which was part of the show uh Tempa made like a i guess it's just called like a spanking horse or whatever call, what is it? the something oh, here. oh the mailman's here mailman's here oh let's pause this okay well okay mailman's gone yeah mailman's gone. <laughs> uh so yeah Tempa uh created this base for this spanking horse and then I upholstered the top with like a leaf and some upholstery tools and it's super functional and we're going to end up doing a, um, teaching a class at the gallery, in the gallery space, on the bench at some point during the show's run. Yes. Um, to show the functionality of it as well. It'll be fun. It's a cool piece. And then, you know, if no one buys it, it'll probably just sit right there, right? Yeah. And we can keep it. Um, we can put it up on Sacred Sadism for sale. Yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> someone will want it. We, I love it. I think it's gorgeous and it's like the main like big it's the it, big sculptural element to the show which was fun to work on and yeah you worked really fucking hard all there's a lot we did a lot yeah now we're gonna go on vacation yeah sorry friends we've been neglecting <laughs> the podcast or friends F- friends oh definitely I feel, and podcasts like, i feel like i've been ex- like extremely anti-social yeah for a few months i mean the only time we i feel like the only time we've seen people is when we've 
had to go do the things. Had to go do something, yeah. It's like, yeah, we're at normal normal work, and then all free time was dedicated to yeah. getting, yeah, pieces done. It's been intense. It's been intense. I'm really proud of us for doing as much as we've done. It's a full plate. You know that I don't like to be busy at all. No. Um, but we did it, and I would like to... I don't know. There's just, there's so many directions we can go with the project. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be important for us to make choices that are really like us following our bliss and not doing what we think other people yeah. want. Like, I mean, that's what I always, always say. Yeah. I'm like what sounds most exciting, mm -hmm. what sounds like the most fun. And that's why we did like that rave. I was like, that's going to be so fun. It's my favorite thing we did all month was that performance. Yeah. That performance is Amazing. So amazing. Um, and was it one, one too many things to do last month? Definitely. <laughs> definitely. But it was definitely worth it. But it was definitely worth the stress and the, like, my internal drama. I mean, I was, like, I was, like, manic last month. And I've been kind of, like, really dropped this past week, you know? But it's okay. It's all going to swing back up again, you know? Yeah. Um, it's intense to be like working like high adrenaline mode getting stuff done shaking and moving and doing it and then just like it's a little bit of a drop but that's why i wanted to go back to minnesota so we could kind of like intentionally do very little you know oh we're getting up at 6 a.m every day looking for that's deer that's not true that's not true <laughs> not gonna happen but it might. I did. I woke up at 6 a.m today somehow no you weren't up at 6 a.m 6 30 6 30 ish well that's 6 a.m. I'm day. proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to our rant about voting. You don't have to agree with us. And you and that's okay. And you can definitely vote if you want to. We're not going to think anything of it. We think it's very important that you examine and think about your choices, just in general, and your choices. You're not always going to make the best choices. You can't always make the best no. choices. Do what makes sense for you. Yes. And we impl implore you to respect people's uh, choices not to engage in those systems as well. Because we're not the only ones. There's a lot of people who feel super shamed, super silenced, and super guilty this election cycle for not participating, even if they know in their heart that it's not the right thing for them to do. And I think it's important to respect anybody's choice and honor each other's choices for doing that. Yeah. I wouldn't shame a Trump voter either. You know, at the end of the day, it's just like, that's your choice. Do I think that a lot of those people have uh, terrible views on their fellow human beings? You know? Yeah, or just, yeah, ideas and views that you don't personally agree that with. That I don't personally agree with? Probably, probably. But it's still their right to make those choices. That's just what it is. And I'm going to add one more point. Do you think I've gone too far? I don't know. It doesn't If you want to. I also think it's funny to, like, pressure people to vote when you don't know what they're going to vote for. True. I'm just like, what? Like, it literally makes no sense. Vote, vote, vote. Okay. I voted for fucking, I wrote Hitler in on every category. You happy? Yes, you voted. I'm very happy. No, you don't know what people are voting for. What? I don't understand it. Vote, 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 but, a, but only if you're voting in my favor. Say that. Vote, 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 only if you're voting in my favor. Because you don't, 
don't act like you want people to vote for what they actually want to believe in or what they actually want to see happen if you don't. If you, yeah. Say, vote, vote, vote. This is what I'm voting for. You should do the same. You know? Which some people do. They put out their voting yeah. guides and whatever. There's lots of those around. Yeah. But it's my last point. <laughs> oh. And hey, if you hate our opinions, we'll talk to you about it. Sure. We think engaging and conversating is the path to growth. Con- conversation is super important. And there's, I feel like there's not a lot of that happening. It's just... Do this, don't do this. Line in the sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck those people. They don't think like I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm super grateful for the people who engage me. I don't, you know, I'm, I like I said, I'd be open to changing my opinion if I felt like there was, like, a change I could actually affect, you know? Well, that's it, I guess, for today, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we're, we're planning, and we're going to try to get some more podcasts on our travels too yeah maybe what what do you want to interview my family or something yeah that could be interesting um if we get a deer we could podcast about skinning it that experience Mm -hmm. um yeah cool maybe we'll run into someone interesting too at dale's dale's at dale's bar down the road could be um but yeah now that we're not so swamped hopefully we'll I feel like we say this every podcast. I don't like, think you should We're say get it. Some more. You know, you say the it. next one will come out when the next one comes out. Thank- the next one will come out. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for keep listening. <laughs> Thanks for keep listening. <laughs> Thank you for keep listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening and continuing to listen. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K. Halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps. And Temba is Tembizzle, T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.